0: Hey guys, welcome to Hallowed Groundling. I hope you're having a great week. Uh, This is another flashback Friday Fright Fest. It's really funny actually. I'm recording this on a Thursday night and I literally was sitting here and all of a sudden I said, oh my god, it's Thursday. It dawned on me that it was Thursday. The week has just seemed to have gotten away from me and all of a sudden I was like, it's Thursday and I have not recorded a new podcast for tomorrow. So have to remedy this. I knew what I wanted to do. I just was like, Oh my God, I I have to record this because I have to do it tomorrow and I have to work all day. So I wouldn't have time to record it tomorrow. So that noise is my cats. (laughs) They have scratchy pads all over the house. Um, (laughs) anyway, so I'm going to do a new thing this week and next week. I want to do a series basically like, you know, two parter basically is what I'm going to do. And I've decided to cover a movie series. Um, you know, the the original movie, and its sequels. And the movie that I'm going to be covering, or the, the series, I should say, that I'm going to be covering, is Child's Play. I love Child's Play. Um, I thought about covering it when I did the uh, the doll um, podcast, but I decided not to because I was I knew I wanted to do I wanted to cover the series more thoroughly, and I said well, I'm not I'm just going to leave it completely out. So. And I know it was like I left Chucky out of a doll movie podcast, which is, you know, kind of crazy because he is one of the most epic doll movie characters ever, of course. So I'm going to cut the series in half. I'm going to be covering parts one, two, and three of the original part of the Child's Play series this week. And then next week, I'm going to be covering Bride of Chucky, Seed of Chucky, curse of Chucky and cult of Chucky because I feel like there's a definite uh, split in the series you know and, and I think that a lot of people would agree on that that there there is a split there so and I'll talk about a little bit about that toward the end of the uh, the podcast leading into the new one for next week. So let's get right into it. Uh, let's talk about Child's Play 1, the very first. And it's not one, it's just Child's Play. <laughs> Child's Play came out in 1988. Um, it was directed by Tom Holland, who I love. I love Tom Holland so, 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 so much. He's just most one of the most wonderful directors. I think he's incredible. I've loved every single thing he's ever done. I think he's just... So talented. Um, one movie that I want to talk about, and I think I'm probably going to have my dear friend Danny back on to talk about, is the movie Child's um, Child's Play. Blah, is the movie Fright Night uh, by Tom Holland, which is is one of my absolute favorite horror movies. I love it so much. It's so funny and it's so scary. It scared me to death when I was a kid, and the same goes for Child's Play. I saw Child's Play probably. It came out when I was ten years old. I think I probably saw it. When I was like twelve or thirteen, I wasn't much older. I know than uh, than when it had come out. I know I was pretty young when I saw it, and it really freaked me out. I saw it on home video, and it was such a it was such a weird movie. I mean, like not weird, but it's just so scary the way it's filmed. Um, it has it's so Chicago, like it's so dark and snowy, and it's got all of it's just dingy. It feels like this dingy kind of movie, and you know, there's these bright spots of light in it. Anyway, let me just kind of get a little bit into the synopsis of child's play for those of you who haven't seen it, but I hope you've seen it at this point, if you're listening to this. So the basic premise of child's play is there's a single mom named Karen, uh, who is raising her son, Andy and Andy wants a good guy doll, which is like the new thing that everybody, all the kids want. And she doesn't have a lot of money. So, Basically, what she does is she goes to, like, a back alley dealer and gets a doll. Now, it turns out that this doll, um, there was a serial killer named Charles Lee Ray, who a cop shot and killed the night before. But he had put his spirit, he's into voodoo, and he had put his spirit into this doll. You know, like you do. <laughs> and this, uh, you know, vagrant outback had gotten the doll, sells it to Karen. It goes home with her. And of course, now the doll starts talking to the little boy and unbeknownst to the mother and starts manipulating him and basically wants to take him over so he can have another human form instead of being in the doll. That's the premise of, of Child's Play right there. <laughs> so as I said, um, Karen Barkley is played by the fantastic Catherine Hicks, a wonderful, really great character actor. She's wonderful. Um, and then... The character of Detective Mike Norris is played by the fantastic Chris Sarandon, who I love so much, and he's wonderful in this movie. Um, Andy, the little boy, is played by Alex Vincent, uh, who has reappeared, actually, in the newest in Cult of Chucky, which was really exciting to see him come back and play himself again. That was Not himself, but play Andy again. That was a very exciting thing to see when I saw Cult of Chucky. I enjoyed that very much. And then... Of course, Charles Lee Ray is played by Brad Dourif and also the voice of Chucky. And Brad Dourif has remained the voice of Chucky throughout the entire series. He, He seems to really enjoy playing the role. I mean, it just seems like it's something that he really loves. But we'll get a little bit more into him in a second. And then also somebody I wanted to mention is the character of Maggie that is played by Dinah Manoff. And she's she's fantastic. She's another solid character actress. She's amazing in the role of of Maggie. Um she's Karen's friend who babysits in a in an absolutely terrifying scene in the movie. So let me just talk a little bit about, like, some fun facts, and then we'll talk a little bit more about the characters and the, um, the actors in it. So some fun facts. Um, Charles Lee Ray, the character's name, the, the killer's name that Brad Dorf plays at the beginning, is actually a combination of Charles Manson, Lee Harvey Oswald, and James Ray. Which I found I, I didn't know that at all, but it makes perfect sense. But that was where um, Da Mancini got the idea to do that, and it, it's pretty fascinating. I thought that was kind of kind of cool that that's where he got the name from. And Catherine Hicks, uh, another fun little fact: uh, when she made this movie, she met Kevin Yeager, who Kevin Yeager was responsible for creating Chucky. He he made. The character he made the uh, not the character but he made the puppet he made all the puppets he made all of the animatronics he made everything and they met on this movie they fell in love and they got married which I thought was great and there's actually kind of a funny little story that I'll tell when I talk about Child's Play too and you know I just love that little that little story. Another little fun fact is uh, there was a doll that came out around the same time that this movie came out. I remember this perfectly. It was called a My Buddy doll. And I was terrified of it. I saw it and I was like, I thought it was Chucky. I really did, because it looked like it. It didn't, I don't think it talked. Maybe somebody can let me know on that, because I I don't, I never had one, obviously, because they freaked me out. But I, I don't know if they talked, but I know that they looked a little bit too close to what the actual good guy dolls looked like in Child's Play, so apparently the company never recovered. Like, they took a huge hit because of what happened with the movie and the movie becoming popular. Um, Another fun thing is the movie, the original Child's Play movie, was made by MGM, and apparently MGM did not want to continue on with the rights to making this movie. So they sold it to Universal, and Universal has controlled the Child's Play series ever since. So Chucky has actually become a Universal monster. Uh, he's he's part of the the lexicon now of Universal monsters, I think. That's my opinion. Uh, Universal has such a, a rich history with getting horror movie franchises. You know, they love to do that. And um, I think that that was a solid purchase to get this series. Um, I'm very excited about the way this series has rebooted. I mean, I'm going to touch on this more obviously in next week's podcast when I talk about the second half of the series. But there's an interesting thing see so as I mentioned at the beginning when I started talking about child's play, it's got this gritty really it's not funny. Like there's not, like there's very little funny moments in it. Like maybe like minuscule moments, but mostly it's very dark, it's very scary. The camera work in it is amazing. Um, just like the, the eye level, you know, Chucky running like his point of view POV shots where he's running like through the, when he comes to like the house and he runs up to the house to go kill his former partner that, you know, wronged him. And there's just all these little moments in it that are really creepy and really well done. And for instance, when I mentioned before about Dinah Manoff, her scene, when Maggie dies, she's babysitting and Chucky comes out of the room and like, you can see, like, in the background, he runs by the thing. That was something they used in the trailer, and I will never forget seeing that trailer as a kid and being completely terrified, like, thinking, oh my god, like, look, looking in every doorway, thinking I'd see him run by, you know, real fast. It was just a really well-executed shot by just a master director, you know, Tom Holland's incredible. I love him so much. <laughs> I could talk about t- Tom Holland forever, I just think he's, an, he's just a genius. So, there are just so many wonderful shots during this film. It was really well done. It's really it's very scary. As I said, um the wonderful Chris Sarandon played a detective Mike Norris in this. And I love Chris Sarandon. I would watch him in anything. He's so fantastic in this. He's fantastic in Fright Night. I mean, Jerry Dandridge is one of my all time favorite vampires ever. And, uh, I'm, like, like I said, I'm going to cover that in another, in another podcast, but I really love him so much. And he's great in this. Um, I had the privilege of meeting him when he came, uh, to Providence for TerrorCon. He was very nice, but he was kind of a little standoffish. I got to see him in a panel, uh, because he was there doing, um, a Nightmare Before Christmas panel. He was there with Ken Page, who played Oogie Boogie in Nightmare Before Christmas. So the two of them did a panel together. And because of course, you know, Chris Sarandon was the voice of Jack Skellington when he spoke, and Danny Elfman was the singing voice of Jack Skellington. And... You know, he was, he was a very nice guy, and they did a, you know, like a whole talk during the panel, and then they opened the floor up for Q&A. And people were asking kind of very, you know, kind of just ridiculous questions, you know, like, oh, you know, what was it like when you made this movie, and what was this, and... You know, there were a couple of really charming moments, like a little kid got up, not a little kid, I shouldn't say little kid, he was probably like a teenager, he was probably like maybe 13 or 14, and he stood up and he said, um, I've, I've heard tell that you, you were in one of my all-time favorite movies, The Princess Bride, and he said, and I wonder if you could tell me your favorite line from the movie, you know, and it was very sweet, like the kid obviously loves him and loves the movie. And Chris Ferrandon was very nice. He said, "Oh, you've heard Tell have you?" And he said, "You know, I can't answer that." He goes because all of them are my favorite lines. And he talked about very lovingly how much he loved making the The Princess Bride. And of course, I love that movie too cuz who doesn't? And he he just talked about that and he was he was wonderful. He was very sweet, you know, but also kind of standoffish, like I said, like some people asked some questions. And for instance, the one, the reason I'm leading into this is somebody in the audience actually asked him about Child's Play. And they said, would you ever be in Child's Play again? You know, like, would you play Mike Norris again in Child's Play? And he basically just kind of brushed them off. And he said, you know, they've never continued the character, and I don't see any reason why they would. And he said, no. So no. No. Is the answer? You know, he got very kind of meh about the whole thing. You know, and, and obviously, people really love you know the character, like they love his characters he's played. They love mm-hmm. that character, and they wanted him to talk about it a little more. So, you know, he, he, like I said, he he was very nice to me when I met him. But he got a little when I saw him at the panel, I could tell he got kind of irritated by some of the questions I did. Ken Page was a delight. Ken Page wasn't irritated by anything anyone said. He actually sang for people in the audience. One um, one kid got up. I had never realized this, but he was the voice of the crocodile in All Dogs Go to Heaven. It made total sense when I thought about it, because I remember the movie, and it sounds like Oogie Boogie, like it's almost like the same voice. And uh, he, he sang the song Let's Make Music Together for a kid in the audience, which was so sweet. And then he also sang from Cats, because he was in Cats on Broadway. Um, and he sang for someone in the audience too, to that. So he was very, he was very easygoing. Chris Sarandon was definitely a little bit more uptight than him. I did get up at the end and I have to share the story cause it was, it was really funny. I could see how uptight he was, and I said, you know, I said, I, you know, I'm, I'm an actor, I'm a theater major, and I, and I know actors. And actors, no matter how famous they are or how much work they've done, they're all kind of the same at some of their core moments. And I said, I know the perfect question to ask. Both of them that will just make them like lighten up and make Chris Sarandon lighten up a little bit. And I got up and I was one of the last questions of the panel and they, they went to me and I said, you know, it's a pleasure to, to meet both of you, to talk to both of you. And I said, "But I have one question for you." I said, "You've both mentioned that you've done a lot of theater and you love doing theater." And that was one of the things Chris Sarandon kept saying to people: "Is he loves doing theater? He lives he lives near New York and he loves going to do theater." And I said, "So you've both mentioned this." And I said, "What are your dream theater roles?" And you literally saw both of them on the stage puff up and go, "Oh, you know." And I laughed to myself. I said, "Oh my God! Like all actors are the same. They love that question. You know, that is just a question. If you want to make an actor happy." ask them what their dream roles are to play because then they will just open up like a flower and <laughs> and uh, the funny thing so Ken Page said first he, he turned around and he said, you know what I would love to play? He goes, and I know I'm not really appropriate for it, but I want to play Tevia and Fiddler on the Roof. And I said, you'd make an amazing Tevia And he would. I mean, what a beautiful voice. He'd be perfect. And uh, and he said, oh, I love that role, and I would love to play Tevye on Broadway. It would make me so happy. And I said, that's wonderful. And I said, and Mr. Sarandon? And he said, well, you know, I, he said, if I'm still around and I'm still kicking Lear. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, of course you want to play Lear, and he laughed. And it was great. It was a nice little light moment because he was he was kind of getting very stick-in-the-mud-ish, but I, I loved that I got him with that question, that I got both of them to be very light, lighthearted and, and laughing and funny because, you know, actors love to talk about themselves more than anything in the world, and it was really funny to see both of them get very excited and happy to talk about their dream theater roles. So sorry for that little side story. I just needed to tell that because I... I really love Chris Sarandon, and it was a a pleasure to meet him. I was very happy to meet him, and I love that little story. (laughs) So uh, that kind of wraps up Child's Play, the first Child's Play movie. I enjoy that one immensely, and I'm going to go right into talking about Child's Play 2. So Child's Play 2 came out in 1990. And it starred once again. It was so sorry about that. It was directed by John Lafayette and written again by Don Mancini, and um, Andy Alex Vincent came back and played Andy again in this one. And it has a good cast. Uh, let me talk about the little bit of the synopsis first before I go into the cast. So basically, it kind of picks up not long after the end of the first one. And Andy's mother, Catherine Hicks's character, doesn't come back. Uh, but she's in a hospital, basically. She's gone cuckoo because of what's happened. What a surprise, because it's pretty crazy what happened. And Andy is in the foster system. So he gets, a you know, not adopted, but taken in by these foster parents who have... An older foster child, too. And meanwhile, before this, the company, the Good Guy Company, has rebuilt the Chucky doll. Why they would, I have no idea after all that happened. But there's all this bad press, and they're trying to cover it. You know, the CEO is there, and they're trying to say it was just the mother was crazy, the the boy was nuts, and there was nothing wrong. And, of course, there was something wrong. And uh, Chucky goes after the the head of the company, and he, he gets the information on where Chucky is by calling the adoption agency, you know, because he this is where the movies took kind of a turn they they got real silly you know there was nothing like it, the the movies took an entire about face and started getting really ridiculous and silly in the way they executed everything and <clears throat> so basically he goes back he finds you know where andy is and he comes back to you know basically try to take him over like he wanted to in the first movie and very unsuccessfully. So this one has, I mean, a few interesting people. Um, Joanne, the mother, the foster mother, is actually played by Jenny Agutter, who was in One Wonder- So Wonderful in An American Werewolf in London. She plays uh, the nurse in that and, uh, you know, who falls in love with David and everything. She's wonderful. And uh, I love her in that movie so much. I love that movie. That's another movie that I'll have to cover at some point. I, I adore American Werewolf in London. And, uh, you know, she's wonderful. Like, she's a good... You know, there's there's some good acting in it. There is some wonderful... And then Kyle, the older child, or the older girl that uh, lives in the home, too, is played by Christine Elise, who uh, was on 90210 for quite a few years. Uh, she played one of the characters on 90210. And she's good in this, too. She's really funny. She's kind of spunky. You know, she smokes, and she's like 17 or... Like 16 or 17 or something. And she doesn't believe Andy, of course, and nobody believes Andy that Chucky is alive. And he basically, you know, comes back and, like, nobody believes him. And it, all this stuff happens in the house and, and, you know, no one's no one's buying what's going on. And then finally, when things get really, really bad, you know... Kyle finds out that it's in fact true that Chucky has come to life and and she believes Andy and they fight him at the good guy factory and uh in in a the, the climax of the film. So this movie I mean it's got some good moments in it and it's definitely, you know, it's it's like I said before, it's so different from the first one because the first one has that gritty scary, you know, just great feeling to it. Everything, you know, the doll, you don't see the doll move at every moment. And as a matter of fact, this is another thing I'd like to touch on. You, it, Tom Holland made you wait a long time to see the doll actually move. When the doll comes to life in Karen's hands at the fireplace, when she threatens to kill it, like throw it in the fireplace because Andy got taken by the, you know, the the special like the, the whatever the the family services got taken away by them and and she threatens him and says if you don't talk i'm going to throw you in the fire and he comes to life in her hand and that's like really the first time you see him come to life you know the rest of the time he's you know that's an incredibly scary scene i can't believe i didn't mention that one too when karen is like She's holding him and she realizes the bat- he's got no batteries and she drops him and he rolls under the couch and then she lifts the, sl- you know, that was in the trailer too. That I remember that moment where she lifts the flap on the couch and sees him under there <laughs> and then like drags him out. And he's still just a doll, you know, he's a doll like throughout it. So it- it's the performances that are selling it, you know, and Whereas in part two, it's not like that. You know, part two, you basically are seeing Chucky move and talk all the time, and it becomes kind of normal at that point. It's not anything, you know, super scary. And he's got a lot of one-liners. Um, I think he took a turn, it took a direction kind of like Freddy Krueger in Nightmare on Elm Street, which is definitely another series I will cover at some point in the podcast. But he took that kind of turn where, you know, Freddy was incredibly scary in the first one, and then he kind of took his turn to being like, more silly, you know, where he was saying one-liners, and he became a little bit more, you know, hip and cool, and was like, just, and so I think they did the exact same thing with, with Chucky, uh, in my opinion, is they, they kind of turned him and made him more funny than scary, and that's probably the choice of, of Don Mancini and the directors, and how they wanted to go with the series, and maybe make Chucky a little bit more palatable to, be, you know, to, to younger, younger people, because the first movies are so scary, and, I think that, you know, there were a lot of protests around that movie. There were a lot of people, you know, thought that that was going to incite violence in children because the if dolls were coming to life and killing, you know, they would want to turn around and, and hurt other people. And, you know, that, that could happen, but it has, you know, in my opinion, that has nothing to do with a movie. You know, I think that, there you know, movies can influence people, but I think that there already has to be a disconnect For them to be influenced by a movie. So there has to be some kind of of mental disconnect in order for that to happen. That's just my opinion, you know, but um, I I don't believe in anybody blaming television or movies or music or anything for violence. I I just think that, you know, yes, maybe somebody might have watched something and been inspired by it, but it, it didn't mean that they were a totally sane person, watched the movie, and then were Completely insane. I don't believe that happens, um, but that's just my opinion. That's just a, that's just an off the <laughs> off the cuff opinion. So yeah, with Child's Play two, it has a lot of you know. It is like I said, it's very silly. It's got a you know, it's got a way different vibe than the first film, and that's also because Tom Holland wasn't there. So um, I, you know, I, I like it. I think it's 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 a good it's a good sequel. It's a great continuation of Andy's story. Um, and it's definitely better than our final one we're going to talk about, which is, of course, Child's Play 3. So Child's Play 3 came out in 1991. Uh, it came out literally, like I think, like eight months after Child's Play 2. They kind of made Don Mancini just write another one right off the bat, like you have to make another movie. And that's, that's a kind of a shame because, you know, whenever they do that, when they keep pumping out sequels, then it just doesn't become interesting anymore. Nobody, you know, they, they're, they're written too quickly. They're not, there's no thought put into them. They're just literally there as a cash cow. And, um, Child's Play 3, let me give you a little bit of background on it. it was directed by John Bender, uh, excuse me, Jack Bender. And it was also written once again by Don Mancini and, It centers around Andy is now older. He's in military school. So he's like, I think he's like 16 or 17 in this. I don't know if they ever say how old he is. I don't remember. And uh, basically at the end of part two, Kyle and Andy fought Chucky and they melted him. And in the beginning of part three, the factory starts up again. They take the big goop pile of Chucky, what was left of him, and they put it into a big vat of wax melting. And some of his blood is in there because, of course, he's starting to become human within the doll or, or becoming one with the doll. So he bleeds and everything and his blood mixes in. And then, of course, when they make a new Chucky doll, he's in it again. And it's brand He's a brand new Chucky doll. And, of course, he goes right again to track down Andy, just like he does. And Andy's in military school. So he goes to the military school. He ends up getting picked up by this um, young boy that goes to the military school. And um, he reveals himself to, to the boy, and then, you know, Andy catches wind all of a sudden that maybe Chucky might be there, and, uh, you know, and of course all the craziness ensues like it does normally. Um, this movie is, you know, it's, it's just not, <laughs> it's not one of my favorites. Um, I do own the, the Blu-ray box set of all the, the Child's Play movies, except for um, Cult, I have all of, it's that one, I bought it right as, um, when Curse came out, which was, um, you know, the one that came out, like, and then it was, like, the sequel was, not sequel, but Cult came out, and then, sorry, Curse came out, and then Cult. <laughs> sorry, it's late at night, and I'm tired. So, um, anyway, this one is just, it's not, it's not great. It's not one of my favorites, in my opinion. It's just it like it, it you know. It's really dumb. Like there's a lot of really dumb scenes in it. And um, Justin Whalen is great as Andy. He plays he plays Andy. He's he's you know he's okay in it, and I I enjoy him actually. I love him in Serial Mom by John Waters. He's great in that movie, and um, he's just he's very interesting. Uh, the, one of the neat notes about this movie, though, is that they actually added... This is when Chucky became computer-moving, m- like, moved by computers instead of just being a puppet. Uh, a hand, Like, an animatronic or a handheld puppet. He was actually all controlled by computers at this point. And it was actually so that they could lip-sync up better with Brad Dourif, you know, with, with his lines. And I, apparently this is, like, Brad Dourif's least favorite in the series. And I can't really blame him because it's just not a great movie, you know? Um, it is it, of note, it is the last movie to be called Child's Play. Uh, they changed, of course, and they went to, um, Bride of Chucky next, which I can't wait to talk about Bride of Chucky. <laughs> I actually thought about like ending the, this podcast out with Bride, but I said, oh, no, I'll start it with the new one, you know, so you'll have to wait until next week for that one. Cause I, I really love Bride of Chucky, um, And it's funny because, as I said before, you know, the series kind of took a turn with two where he was becoming more like one-liner and it was like, oh, it wasn't as scary. But what I love about where the series went after three is that they embraced the silliness. Like instead of making the silliness something that was like, Dumb or not enjoyable, they just embraced the silliness and decided to make it just as... They pushed it as far as they could push it. And I love that they did that because I enjoy whenever somebody does that. Like, it's it's almost like they get their own... They, they, they're they self-deprecating. They're self-deprecating their own movie. They're making it just like, okay, we understand this is what's happening and we're going to go all the way. We're going to go to the limit with it. And so 3 was right before that happened and 3 was like just to kind of a, you know offshoot of 2 like they just wanted to make more money and have another movie right off the bat so that people didn't forget about the series or anything like that. And it's just not a, you know, like I said it's not a great it's not a great film. Um but a couple of little notes about it too. It was actually they tried to ban it in England uh part 3 because at the time there was this really terrible murder that happened. Uh there were these two young boys and they kidnapped a little boy in England. And um, they murdered him. They they took him out, like, just because they wanted to see what it was like, which is really disturbing. And they had never seen Child's Play 3. They, but basically, the people used it as, like, a, a scapegoat to try to say, oh, the movie should be banned. But the movie, they, they you know, it they had nothing to do with what these kids did. They just did what they did. You know, as I said before, it doesn't really, a movie can't really affect it. But these kids didn't even see it, and they just used it kind of as a scapegoat. So... You know, I mean, that that happens with all of the horror series, I think, have gone through different things where people have claimed that, oh, because this person saw that they did this, that, you know, and I could go on about that forever. So, yeah, I hate ending on a, you know, I I don't care for it as much note, but yeah, three is just, I don't know, it's okay. It's not great, but it's okay. Actually, no. It's it's just nah. I don't know. <laughs> so as I said in uh, next week's podcast, I'm going to be covering Bride of Chucky, Seed of Chucky, Curse of Chucky, and Cult of Chucky. And I'm really excited to do the second half too. I love doing this part. I love I love part one. Uh, I could talk about the first child's play. I could have done a whole whole piece on that, you know, because it's just an amazing. Movie and on Tom Holland and his brilliant directing, um, but I'm really excited to do this series for you. I'm, I hope this is one of many series that I do. I would like to also do the Nightmare on Elm Street series as well, and perhaps Friday the Thirteenth. I know I covered the first movie and a little bit into the other ones, but maybe I would do another one with Friday the Thirteenth or another another maybe another series, maybe Halloween. Well, I will do Halloween at some point, but. Uh, I don't know how I'll break that one up too. (laughs) If I'll do John Carpenter movies or because that's another one. Yeah, you know, I got so many that I want to do, you know, because there are just so many wonderful movies out there to explore. I hope you guys are having a great week. Thank you so much for listening and tune in next week for the second half of Child's Play to hear more about Chucky and um, all of his adventures. I'll see you guys later. Stay spooky. Bye.